We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, the NBA Finals are here, baby, and this is the motherfucking review your ears need. Imp, my backcourt mate, what it do? What's poppin', man? Uh, we've waited the entire season uh, for this. Um, super pumped to talk hoops. Tim, how you feeling over there? I'm feeling good, man. Ready to, uh, ready to talk about the Warriors in the final again. Oh, oh here we go. Here we go again. But I'm still giving out a yay yay out here because I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm hyped. All right. So, Tim, uh, stepping in uh, our stretch four, as we coined them a while ago. Both of you guys uh, left me solo last week due to uh, scheduling uh, issues. You guys were missed. You guys were missed. Uh, my guy, my guy, Rick Rosen's the truth, though, man. Yeah, he did. You guys did your thing. Rick filled in, and he got a lot of heat for just shitting on the Raptors. You Raptors yeah. fans. We're going to get to you guys as, you know, you two could vouch because you can see on the webcam. I'm wearing my, my VC jersey, Vince Carter. Shout out, Ahmed. Best Shout jerseys out. of all time of any sport are the one is that one you're wearing right there. Yo, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, and, you know, when us two agree, it's like it's like the best thing that ever happens. 100%. So 100% this thing, rates. This thing is the best jersey, yeah, without a doubt. It's the actual Raptor. It's popping. All right, enough about my shirt. Enough about last week. We're moving on. Before we get into the NBA Finals, we just want to run by something that Impy and I have kept our eye on and we've talked about a lot in bunches throughout. And even Tim has chimed in in the group chat when we talk about it. Last week, Impy, they announced the all-NBA teams, first, second, and third team. Uh, we've touched on it in the past. A lot of contract incentives, a lot of bonuses, a lot of super maxes. Some guys were happy that they made the team. Some guys, even playing in this series we'll get to, were not happy when they found out that they weren't on the team. So, Impy, just uh, general thoughts. Actually, you want me to just read the, the, the teams all first? You have them in front of you? I have them in front of me, yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, so all NBA first team, uh, unanimous votes. Giannis, James Harden, followed by Steph Curry, Paul George, and Nikola Jokic. Second team, Joel Embiid, Durant, Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving. Third team, Russell Westbrook, Blake Griffin, LeBron James, Rudy Gobert, and Kemba Walker. Off the top, Imp, is there any of those decisions that surprised you? Uh, I wouldn't say surprised. Uh, Rudy Gobert on the all-NBA third team over Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, you talk to a lot of people in the media 
some value stats over uh, you know team performance and some value team performance over stats. And this is a clear indication that the voters uh, went with Gobert, who is no slouch in any way, shape, or form. Um, but if you looked at Towns' numbers, I think Towns had slightly better numbers across the board. Uh, probably not on the defensive side of the ball, of course, but overall, holistically. So this is just a cool example of of the uh, of of the, the the media guys um, going with you know you know team success over individual stats, which is pretty cool. Tim, how about you? Is there is there any name that you kind of saw on that list that you were kind of like, I don't know about that. I mean, it's the name that's not on the list that I think everyone's talking about, and I think it's, that's Clay Thompson who's not on that list. Mm. He 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 makes he makes a great point, man. Look, you need more than just two All NBA players to be who they are, and that's just facts. And Clay does things that no one else could do. Like, yo, congratulations to Kemba Walker, congratulations to Russell Westbrook, but neither of those guys are better than Clay Thompson. So when when I see he didn't make it, it, it is a, it's, it's a little disappointing because of the, the stipulations, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But, you know, that that's what really what stood out to me. Everything else is it's cool. I would have maybe made a tweak here or there. I, I really don't like the fact that they include centers yeah. like Jokic. You know, don't get me wrong. He deserves it. But I mean, there's no reason to have three centers on these three teams. So if, another thing that, that I just caught was uh, everyone on the all NBA first team. Obviously, have you know the teams were had a great success even on the All NBA second team. All those teams were in the playoffs, and then as you get to the third team, um, Kemba and LeBron were on losing teams, but the rest of those guys were on winning teams. So the consensus is you obviously have to be at really good at what you do. But you know another deciding factor, something that I mentioned before, is, is the team success element, which is which is pre- relevant and prevalent because thirteen of the fifteen guys made the playoffs of this list. Yeah, you bring up a good point. It, it 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 all comes down to what you describe or what how you describe valuable, right? Like when we talk about MVP, it's like, all right, he's the best player. Is is it value? You know, the, depending on the sport that you're talking about. But but with this, Impy's 100 percent right. You know, Impy might value team success. I'm more of a team success guy. That's why I don't really have a problem with these. But if you go by the numbers, like Bradley Beal probably has a really strong case. Carl Anthony Towns definitely over Gobert. And just to just to add to what Tim said too about Clay Thompson, and the video that I made reference to was when he finds out he kind of just like you guys saw that video that was circulating. He's just like wow, like he didn't make a huge deal about it, but at the same time you could tell he was a little. I don't know if the word is disgruntled, but he kind of you know he, his expression was all over his face. I mean, dude, he could have gotten the super max if he made the team. That's fifty million. Yeah, word up, bro. Word, word. That's exactly yeah. what went through his. Head. He's like. Come on, son. All right. Yeah, whatever. No no knock on those guys. And, you know, if you think about it, right, one thing with All-NBA, uh, as we wrap up here this conversation, All-NBA, it's still, you know, Tim mentioned about the center. They still do it the traditional way of building an NBA team, right? Two guards, two forwards, and a center. That's how it's slotted. But if you think about it, guys, off the top of your heads, rapid fire, how many two guards, traditional shooting guards, are you taking over Clay, Tim? The thing is, like, that's a great point, and not many. Zero. Zero. And one of the reasons why is because he's not even a traditional shooting guard in that sense. Like, he could, he can guard four positions on the floor. He can guard both guards and both forwards. Like, he's he's not, he, he's kind of a swingman guard forward. So, like, the fact that he wasn't even considered in the forward section either is also a little bit ridiculous to, to me personally. There's not one two guard in the league that I would take over Clay. I mean, that's all. That's all deciding on if you know what you consider James Harden. To me, James Harden's a point guard, but when he plays with Chris Paul, they're kind of interchangeable. They run like a two point guard system. I don't really know, but generally speaking, two guard. There's no other one in the league like what McCollum, Bradley Beal, like you mentioned. Nah, there's there's yeah. there's no one in the league that I'll take uh, at the traditional two. Um, than, than Clay Thompson. It's not even close. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Imp, I'm with you on that. All right, w- one thing that we need to touch on, and if we've kind of made reference in the past, but we needed to see exactly if this individual was going to be on the All-NBA teams, and this is Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker now, being on All-NBA, he is eligible this summer for the Supermax. Now, there is a criteria for you to make the Supermax, and... This is a big decision, guys, for 
for the Charlotte Hornets, right? Like, what do you do? Do you do you pay him and you keep him, or do you let him go? And it sort of seems like a lose lose proposition to me. Imp, what do you think? It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Uh, it's a, it's a super cliche line, but it's the truth. If you don't pay him, who's showing up to the games next year? Are you even committed to winning? Um, and then if you do pay him, you know, talk about putting your team in a financial hole, mm-hmm. right? Look at the look at the Wizards giving John Wall the supermax, and he got hurt. Granted, Kemba didn't get hurt, but I'm just saying, when you give all all that money to a 30 year old over the course of four or five years, it's it's kind of dangerous, right? You know, in regards to your salary cap, you know, in basketball there is a salary cap, so you kind of have to you know play your cards right, and so. It's a tough situation, like I said. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. If I'm the if I'm the, the Hornets, I make the I make the move. I, I I make the offer, and 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 you just you don't you can't lose a guy like that, right? You you got to put asses in the seats. Tim, how do you feel about that, man? What would you do if you were MJ and and the 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 front office over in Charlotte? I think the greatest myth in the NBA is that there's parity. Um, look, a lot of teams take turns competing every once in a while. But really, if you look throughout the history of the NBA, there's one to four teams at the very top that all kind of compete. And there's different generations, but you can go back and you could find dynasties everywhere, whether it was the Lakers, whether it was the Spurs, whether it was the Bulls before that, whether it was uh, the Golden State Warriors, right? Whether it was the Celtics. Well, the Celtics were kind of an outlier, but they were like an Eastern Conference kind of dynasty. The rest of the teams are just kind of out there looking for scraps, uh, hoping that they get a 3-4 seed, uh, hoping that they make some noise, get th- what Toronto used to be, basically. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're hoping for. And if you're, if you're, if you're Charlotte, right, if, if, you, if you're the Hornets, and, and you're like, all right, what, what do we do if we move on from Kenba? Like, if we save this money, who do we give it to? Mm-hmm. The answer is no one. Because unless you draft a guy then you're not going to get anything for him. Now, you get in a situation where, yeah, if you get rid of Kemba, now you're in a position to pick one eventually, Mm -hmm. right? But that's a whole rebuilding process. So the question is, are they ready to kick off a rebuilding process? If they are, then great. If they're not, which I'm I'm betting they are, but they give them the the super max, I think that, you know, they'll be a mid-range Eastern Conference, could make the playoffs, could not make the playoffs type of team for the next... However many years Kemba is healthy, and then, you know, then they move on to the next guy because that's kind of what the teams on the lower tier of the NBA do. And the crazy thing is, Tim, is you're not even guaranteed the number one pick anymore for the worst team with how the lottery is set up. So Thanks. you can't even tank the way that teams used to tank. It's just kind of crazy. Oh. I, you, I think you might as well just give them. You might as well just give them the money. Tr- trust us, we know him. We experienced <laughs> that one. Uh, in case you guys were wondering at home, how does one qualify for the Supermax? A player has to be with the team he was on at the end of his rookie contract while also entering his 8th, ninth, or 10th season in the NBA. And then after doing that, once you check off those boxes, you got to do one of three things. You have to win MVP in any of the three most recent seasons, winning Defensive Player of the Year in the most recent season or the prior two seasons, or being named to an all-NBA team in the most recent season or the prior two seasons. Um, up until this point, there's been four players that are eligible and have signed it. John Wall, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Steph Curry. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but two have been a home run. One is, depending on what night you tune into the Thunder, you feel better about it. And one is probably, without a doubt, I'm not going to let you guys debate it or I'll end the show. It's the worst contract in the NBA. Yeah. So that's what you're signing yourself up to with the Supermax. And to answer your, the original question, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do if you're the Hornets. I I, I, I kind of agree with either decision if I'm them. Oh my God, it's it's a tough situation to be in. I yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't want to be that guy. And that guy being Michael Jordan. Yeah. And, 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 you know, last thing on this one, the Portland Trailblazers have a decision to make too, guys. Well, that's not even a question. You're going to give Dame the Supermax. No, no I, I, I totally hear you, but but there's something interesting, right? So he's eligible for four years, $191 million extension that would get triggered in 2021. Guys, he's going to be 32 that year. All I'm going to tell you is when he's 35 going on 36, Tim, would you be comfortable giving Damian Lillard $52.8 million? <laughs> 
That, I mean, see, I mean, I I understand the laugh, but at the same time, you have to imagine the salary crap will be up and up and up, and so the value of a fifty-two million dollar contract today is not the same value of a fifty-two million dollar contract in what, what year? Is that? In six years? Yeah. So it's you know again, you don't want to lose your homegrown guys, and this is another one of those situations where, if I'm not mistaken, Dame was a three-year player in college or a four-year player in college. I want to say it was a three-year. Okay, I want to look that up too. Um, but you know, that's that's uh, he came into the league a little old. It, it's 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 tough, man. These decisions. Air yeah, air quotes. You know, twenty-one years old. You're old now. Um, yo, it's oh, he was a four-year player. Yeah, yeah. I, I I knew it. I knew oh, it. Oh, eight to saying. twenty to twenty-twelve, he played. So that's kind of the situation that you have here now, too, is where you draft the guy who, who in no way, shape, or form is old at 22. But in the grand scheme of things, when it comes down to one of these Supermax situations, right, you know, take four years off of what, what – how old did you say he was? What he would be or whatever? He'll be 35 when the season starts, the last year of the Supermax contract, and he'll turn 36. If he got drafted as a freshman, he'd be 31. Yeah. I, I got a question for you guys, though. So C- let's say CJ McCollum, right? Is it out of the realm of possibilities that he maybe gets a third-team All-NBA next year? I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities, right? Is it likely? No, right? Mm-hmm. What's his contract situation? Are they both eligible for Supermaxes if that's the case? No. If he clinches that? Nope. You have to Why be not? an All-NBA player for two out of the three years. Oh, and, okay. and also, you're not you're not allowed to give someone a you can't give out two super maxes in back to back years. That's why that's why a guy like Clay Thompson would have been eligible this year because Curry signed it two years ago. So they they really why they did that is they don't want shit to happen to the Thunder to all the other teams where like Durant gets up and leaves in free agency and they get nothing in return. Right. So that's why they really put out the super max thing. Which I also, I started to cut you off, but I also don't think they would have given Clay a super max. Yo, honestly, bro, I don't know. I think they would, man. I think if you're Golden State, can the- you can you survive with giving two guys the supermax? <sighs> I mean, Draymond's got to get paid again. Well, that's the thing. Yes, yeah, so someone would have to go. If I if I'm looking, if I if I'm, I think his name is Lakeup is is the owner of the Warriors, and I'm Steve Kerr. I'm like, yo, the makeup of this team, the foundation. When you look at this generation of the Warriors, Splash Brothers. Right, I would want to keep that intact, especially with how well those two guys play together. And all indications are that Clay, Clay kind of has like a what a C personality. He's like, yeah, man, I'm out here. He complains like once a season, which is not even like a big complaint. He's like, yeah, I would like to get some more shots because I'm one of the best shooters like ever. So the personalities mesh too with those two guys. I yeah, I, I, that's the guy that I would go. Up. I think that. The Warriors should be pissed off, actually, because now Clay kind of has a little more incentive to leave in the summer, right? Now, all of a sudden, he has like, all right, now I could get the same amount of money that the Warriors could give me somewhere else. Yeah. What's my incentive to stay now? So it's it's, it's a little bit of an interesting thing because uh, obviously he hasn't. Obviously, I'm not asking. That's a rhetorical question. Yeah. You know what I mean, like he obviously has incentive to stay, but the the incentives have just gotten one less incentive yeah, I know what you mean. For that, you know what I mean. So I, I think that that's a that's a, a bad thing for the Warriors. I think the Warriors would have definitely done that. He, I just, I just view Clay as a guy that really cares about winning. Mm-hmm. Um, and he mentioned it in that press conference where he kind of was bitter about not winning All NBA. But he's like, look, we went to five straight finals. Like he cares very much about team success. And so I think at the end of the day, if now that he can't get the super max, he may even take less because. He just wants to win. Like he just really cares about winning. So, what if this fucks with Clay's head? What if Clay's like, "All right, so KD's here, Steph's here. Everyone talks about KD. Everyone talks about Steph. You say he likes winning, right? He's in the he's in the finals for five straight years. He said himself, you can't only have two All NBA guys and get to the finals. He's not getting the credit that he deserves that he thinks he deserves. Maybe this, maybe this inspires him to go get his own. Maybe this inspires him to go." Prove everyone wrong. Like if I'm on, maybe he thinks to himself, maybe that that little, like that little bug in the back of his head that won't stop eating away at him. If I was on the Suns, I would be All NBA first team. If I was on the Knicks, I'd be All NBA first team. Mm-hmm. I think that like that like really is a bug that could eat at someone. So 
I mean, I'm not I'm not sitting here claiming to know what's going on in the mind of Clay Thompson, but it's something to consider. Um, for sure. All right. Let's get into the 2019 NBA Finals preview of the show. But before we do, a couple of plugs. If you guys want to support the show, follow us at patreon.com slash veterans minimum. It's not follow. It's check out the site and uh, check out some of the cool stuff that's over there. Patreon.com slash veterans minimum. The Twitter and the Instagram are the same at veterans minimum for the show. Uh, if you guys can, it doesn't take that much time. Go to iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, whatever, whatever everyone says. You know what I'm saying? Tim? Whatever, whatever gets us to the top of the charts. And uh, yeah. Are you guys ready for the preview show or what? Yes, sir. Whole all day, right. all day. All right. Initial initial reactions, Impy, um, to, to Raptors Warriors. Um, Super excited. It's going to be um, the battle of an elite defense against an elite offense. Uh, the Raptors were just so elite down the stretch in games five and six against Milwaukee. Uh, and you think about that Milwaukee team, which is one of the best offensive teams in the league. They made them look bad at times. Um, you know, for everyone that kind of gave the Raptors shit for resting Kawhi, uh, suck a dick. It absolutely worked out. <laughs> um, right. And then, you know, really quick, just credit to Masai Ujiri, mm. um, you know, general manager, uh, or I don't even know if he's a president of basketball operations or if he's a general manager of the Raptors, but he's the decision maker there. And dude, he he swung for the fences three times. Um, he he swung for the fences three times over the course of the offseason all the way up to the trade deadline. First, he fired Dwayne Casey after winning coach of the year last year, and he promoted Nick Nurse, who wasn't uh, an assistant. Then he makes the Kawhi move who people were, were, you know, let's not forget, he barely played last year. And DeMar DeRozan was a beloved player in that city and that, you know, with that franchise. He's an all-timer, you know, to some. And so you trade, you know, Jacob Pertle, who also, you know, who who people were high on to. Um, and obviously you bring in Kawhi. That worked. And then last but not least, you trade for Marcus Gasol at the trade deadline, um, which has turned out to be a pretty solid move as well. So firing your uh, coach of the year head coach, trading for an injured Kawhi Leonard, moving your, 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 your franchise guy. And then trading for Marcus Hall at the deadline, three huge moves absolutely paid off. So I kind of want to just give I wanted to just give credit to Masai Ujiri for sure. Yo, it is hard to completely blow up a team like that. I know, right? Like this isn't a team, guys, that was missing the playoffs and like like you said, Casey won Coach of the Year, which you know on NBA Twitter has become the running joke where it's like, all right, you're gonna get fired soon if you win Coach of the Year. And Demar Derozan is a, a Toronto lifer, right? They drafted him. He was an All Star for them year in year out, All NBA caliber player. You know him and Lowry, the best friend thing that they were doing and all that. It was like funny clips on on Instagram and shit. And yo, this was a team that they were a one seed, they were a three seed, they were a two seed. Like this was a team that was competitive, winning over fifty games. Uh, I believe last year, if I'm not mistaken, might have been like a franchise best, also for them too. Like oh, wins in a season, and then you're just like, yeah, we're gonna give up Demar Derozan. And Tim, not only do they give up Demar Derozan, they get back a guy who, yo, we don't even know what if he's gonna sign with them after this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, what what they're doing is impressive, and I don't want to take anything away from him. Uh, but, I mean, my biggest takeaway and my biggest reaction to this matchup is that the Warriors might sweep the Raptors. Um, look, what Kawhi is doing is incredible. All shout-out to Kawhi Leonard. But right now, the Toronto Raptors are eighth in the playoffs in points per game. And when you're talking about a team like the Golden State Warriors that... Basically, if you look back at their history, every time they score over 105 points in a game, um, they win. So when you're asking, uh, like, no matter how great Kawhi Leonard is, right, you're asking him to not only be great on the offensive side, but to shut down either Durant when he comes back, or if they play him on Curry, which I doubt, or if they play him on Draymond, which is probably what Golden State wants, or if they play him on Clay. Whoever he has to shut down, there's so many more people around him that need to be, sh you know, it's the Golden State Warriors. I don't have to tell you about it. They have weapons everywhere. They move the ball constantly. This 
it, there's a lot of flashbacks for me for the Cavs teams that went up against this Warrior squad, right? You got the one guy that's playing a, a, in a generational mm-hmm. sort of fashion right now, right? Yep. You got a, a bunch of role players around you. You got kind of that one guy that's that's kind of a, a good player in the NBA, but not great. The Kyle, the Kyle, the Lowry to Love comparison kind of there. And then you got a bunch of players who, on different nights, the Raptors have different guys not only scoring the most points for them besides Kawhi, but leading them in shots attempted, right? So they don't really have a plan in terms of who's going to be that third man up. You saw Van Vliet go crazy in the last two games after his after his uh, his uh, child was born. So, like you got you got storylines, but you don't have great players. And the Warriors got great players, and they have the best coach in the league. And and I just it's a great story. But Kawhi Leonard, in 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 order for the Raptors to win this, Kawhi Leonard is going to have to be better than the greatest player of all time. And I just don't see that being possible. So, um, yeah, I, I think that this this is going to be a, a pretty easy series and a pretty underwhelming series for the for the Warriors. Even even if Kevin Durant doesn't come back, if I may, the Raptors played the Warriors twice in the regular season, and the Raptors won both games. November 29th in Toronto, Raptors won one thirty one, one twenty eight, and then at Golden State, December twelfth. Uh, Raptors won one thirteen ninety three. No, Kawhi, no Kawhi in one of those games. Yeah, and look, I'm look Tim. You know we can do the pred- no Steph in one of those games. My we bad. We can do the predictions at the end of the show when we will. And I agree. I think the Warriors are going to win, but I do think that um, there's more to be said about the Toronto Raptors. Um, and so Nick, I'm ready to dive in whenever you are. I mean, yo, I I I couldn't agree. I couldn't, sorry, I couldn't disagree more with Tim on this being a sweep. I will say if I knew for a fact Durant was going to be healthy from the start of this series, Tim, I'd be on your side. And you know who else would be on your side? Las Vegas. The MGM says that if Kevin Durant had played the Western Conference playoffs and was healthy, no injury, not returning from an injury and not knowing how he looks like, right now they're a minus 300 favorite Imp, do you want to guess what their odds would be if Kevin Durant and Tim? You could guess also. Obviously, I know the answer. If Kevin Durant was healthy going into this, not minus even Boogie, four, minus four fifty. No, Tim, minus five hundred. Close, minus six twenty-five. Damn. And and it's important to note, though they are the one seed in the West, the Raptors won more games, therefore they have home court, so they open it up in Toronto on Thursday. I think that's also important. If you're, it is, if, it is, it if is. you're the Raptors, I feel like for the Raptors, game one is so big. Like, even if even if you were to tell Raptor fans, yo, it's going to be one one going to Golden State. I feel like it's a different one one if you win game one and you lose game two, as opposed to winning losing game one and winning game two. If that makes any sense at all. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think Toronto. One of the keys to the kind of series is Toronto needs to take care of home court. They've been the second-best team in the playoffs um, at home. They're outscoring opponents by 12 points per 100 possessions. They're 8-2 and two at home. I mentioned the second-best in the, in, the, in the playoffs. Uh, they play really well in Toronto. So if they have any shot, they got to take care of home court. Let's, you know what? The perfect little segue. We have a couple of categories in here. I, w- I want to run through them. You know, We broke it up like that. And one of them, I'm going to start it off. Who has the better home court here, Imp? Where would you say is a tougher place to play, and who do you think is going to be... Which which home court is going to play a bigger role in the outcome of these games? Which That's, that's an interesting question. Because you are looking at... Even, even prior to this, guys, a lot of people were respecting the Toronto crowd. You know, we weren't giving them the right amount of attention and the credit... But this was a crowd where, you know, a lot of NBA guys were saying like, yo, they get behind it. They, they let you have it, too. It has sort of a college atmosphere. You got to remember, there's no other professional basketball teams in Canada. One of the reasons why my heart is going with the Raptors, not only because they're an underdog. You guys know me. I'm a big soccer fan. And what happens every time there's a World Cup? Everyone gets behind the U.S. or the country that you're from. This is like a soccer kind of moment and movement where Literally, uh, I'm sure there's people in Vancouver and in Winnipeg, Montreal. They're like down with the Raptors because it's Canada's team right now. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And also, you have the Drake factor, man. You got the home <laughs> yeah. court, you know, rubbing Nick Nurse's shoulders and whatnot. Um, it, look, that's an interesting question. Um, 
who has the better home court? <sighs> Nick, I think you're also failing to remember that this is, if I'm not mistaken, the last year in the Oracle for the Warriors, right? Ooh. It is. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Generally speaking, I'd give the edge to the Raptors in this situation. However, we cannot forget about the fact that this is the last time those fans will see them in that building. Um, Hey, you know what I know? You know what I know? This is the first fucking finals for the Raptors ever. Yeah. That place is going to be a zoo. I say it's even. Even? No, right. no, nah, you gotta get, you gotta pick, dog. There's no even shit. There's no head. Yeah, nah, 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 nah. What, what is this? All right, I go Toronto. Slight lean. I'm oh. going Toronto as well. Tim, what, what are your thoughts on yeah, the better you home know court? I'm, you know I'm just, you know I'm not going with the same thing you are going with just because you know that's how I am. Now, nah, but for real though, I, I think look, when you're talking about Oracle Arena, is it gonna be louder? Maybe not. Maybe yes, but maybe not. Maybe it is a little more juice. In an arena where someone hasn't been to the finals ever. Maybe there is. But you know what's in that arena? W's are in that arena. Do you know what's in that arena? Banners in the sky that say we made it to the finals for five straight seasons. That, do you know what's in that arena? People who know a routine on how to win a championship at home. Yeah. Like, think about this. They've played so many finals games that they could have a breakfast. They could say, like, oh, I eat the same breakfast every time I play in the finals. Like, that's how often they're in the finals. So I think home court advantage is a lot more uh, complicated than just which crowd is louder. And I think you guys are right. If you're going out, which crowd is going to be more lit? Like, it's going to – it's the, the litness test is just ridiculous out there in Toronto, man. It's just like there's no one litter. But in terms of the, the home court advantage and what it means, like, I think a common theme of what I'm going to say is in this whole, like, preview is going to be, like, experience. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been there, they've done that, they know how to do it, and they're playing a team that's never done it before. And you can't underestimate how much that matters. Even though Kawhi and and Danny Green are both like you know experienced dudes uh, when it comes to this, uh, it still matters. And I, I just think that 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 home court advantage is just it's more than just the the more lit crowd. And I give I give the slight edge to the the Bay. I also want to show love to Surge. Let's not forget, Serge was on that Thunder team that went to the finals also. So facts, facts, he, facts. he's been there and he went up against a, a juggernaut as well. You know, that was that Miami team that people thought was uh, definitely on that revenge tour after losing to the Mavericks. So definitely want to give Serge who, yo, have you guys seen his post game interviews? Nine languages. Yeah, word. Dude, there's like, there's these Instagram clips that go out on like House of Highlights and NBA.com where he gets a question in English, he responds in English, answers a question in French, and then in Spanish, it's it's, it's amazing. Shout out to yeah. Serge. Uh, all right. Better bench. I'm going to go with my boy who, if, as we were talking about Van Vliet before, right, would you not agree with me on this, that if, if, if people were to listen to the NBA show... If we were to build a, a VM NBA show starting five of guys that we have an irrational love for. He's up there. Van Vliet, Rodney Hood, Jokic, <laughs> Luca, and your boy Markinen or nah? Yo, that's fire. Tell me not. That's fire. Tim, you oh, fuck with that oh, list or Pat, what? Pat, fuck Beverly. That list. Pat Beverly's on that list too, I think. Too. <laughs> Pat Beverly off the bench, six man to lock it down. All right. Uh, so I'm going to, I'll start this one off with the bench. Um, I'm going to go with the Raptors. It's cool. Mostly because Van Vliet is really, he's, this isn't a coming out party for him. <laughs> if you watch the Raptors last year, and one of the biggest talking points that we had on the NBA show last year, and one of the reasons why, though I picked the Raptors, I said one of the biggest things you had to monitor was the status of Van Vliet. And he was not the same because he got hurt towards the tail end of the regular season. He came back and was not the same kind of player. He was their quarterback when DeRozan and Lowry would come off the court. He is very valuable to their team. Is he going to shoot 87% from the field like he was in the last two games since his kid was born? No, I don't expect him to. But if he gives you anything off the bench, which he's been giving you, I think that's a lot. That's going to be a lot in this series. And also, the ultimate swing guy is Norman Powell. Yep. Watching him all these years, like he's always my gem thirty three hundred guy on DraftKings that like either goes for forty and the and the and the flame next to his name, or he'll shoot one of fourteen from the field. So the more consistent guy is Van Vliet. The the guy who, if he has a good game, the Raptors tend to win is a guy like Norman Powell, and Let- then. 
I, when I'm looking at the Warriors side of it, you, you want to uh, talk about inexperience. I feel like there's some inexperience there too. That's fine. Look, the question is who has the better bench as a whole, not who's the better six man, because mm-hmm. I'll agree with you and we'll talk about it in a couple of minutes. The best six man overall is Fred Van Vliet. That's without a question. But the better bench as a whole is the Golden State Warriors. I've been impressed with their depth that they've showed towards the end of the season and even in the playoffs. They've going eight nine guys deep at times, which is absurd. Most of the time in the playoffs, teams go seven guys deep. I mean, maybe eight. Golden State's playing nine, and and granted, Kevin Durant's not there. Boogie's not there, but nonetheless, they're getting super, super valuable minutes. Um, uh, uh, in the last game of the Western Conference Finals, Golden State had eight players that played over 12 minutes in a game. That's insane. That's unheard of. Yeah. And so, they may not be putting up a lot of points. It may not be flashy, right? But they're getting valuable minutes from from the from the whole uh, as as the bench. Uh, they, Golden State has had eleven different um, war, eleven different players have started this postseason for the Golden State Warriors. The only the, the only constants have been Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. What does that mean? That means the rest of them have been interchanged uh, interchangeable into the starting lineups, and the rest of them have been playing in the rotation. I'm so impressed with the young guys. Um, you, you, uh, you know, your McKinney's of the world, your loonies, mm-hmm. uh, all these kids are playing really, really good minutes. Um, and so, you know, as a whole, give me the Warriors bench. Um, but you know, we'll talk about a six man later on. I think, uh, I think as a whole, I'm taking the Warriors bench too. Cause here's why when you got a top three, like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and then let's, let's, let's even throw in the four, because as of right now, uh, Durant is supposed to miss two games, although there is chatter that he's just not going to play. The, I have a wet dream every night that the Warriors sweep the the Raptors in four without Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant gets all like his feelings hurt, and he comes to New York as a result. <laughs> That's my wet dream. But um, what was I saying before I got sidetracked? I don't, I, don't, I don't Oh, yeah, the, the bench. The bench, so, yeah. The we're bench, talking about the bench. Yeah, yeah. My bench. <laughs> so, no, you're good. Uh, I the think wet the, dream, bro. I feel you. Wet dream sometimes. <laughs> they get you. So you got those four guys, and you look at – in a situation where those guys are also interchangeable, like uh, when when Steph is on the floor, uh, Clay is on the floor, Draymond's on the floor. All three of those guys can be on the floor together, but they're also on the floor uh, when they're not together. And then, and then when you look at that, then the sixth man is really – kind of like the eighth or ninth man and it's it's such a luxury and when you got a guy like sean livingston and a guy like andre Iguodala, who's gonna who's in the projected starting lineup but at the same time um is still off the bench in terms of he didn't start during the season when you look at guys like that and even Kayvon looney who like he was instrumental um in that last series with just some offensive rebounds and it's gonna be giant to do that uh here so I'm taking the Warriors, man. That just that the experience too. If I did I say that they both have four rings? Everyone on that bench got four rings. Three, yeah, but we, four finals three. though. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get finals, what you're saying. Three rings. Yeah. Right. And and Looney, like he absolutely dominated Clint Capella. It was funny because like Capella makes like twenty two million a year and like Looney makes like two point three. It's like, yeah. damn, son, you can't be having Looney just outwork Capella. That's one of the big reasons why the Rockets lost that series. See, that's what I mean. Like, it's such a luxury to have those guys yeah. in the starting lineup because when Looney's in, he doesn't have to concentrate on handling the basketball at all. He has one job, and he can concentrate on it. Go grab offensive rebounds. Go grab rebounds in general, and go shut down Clint Capella. And he can concentrate his full energy and life force on that, which it, it, it brings them – it brings his game that much higher that they don't have to – he's not – a liability on the floor because he's got the other guys around him that can make up for his liabilities. Dude, look, Jonas Drabenko, Looney, Quinn Cook, uh, Jordan Bell, Alonzo McKinney, all these guys, you add their salaries up. I'm on hoop type right now. It's like, it's like $10 million, if that. And these guys are giving them super valuable minutes. Granted, they have studs, right? They have all NBA guys, but I'm just saying that they're getting tons of production from guys that are barely making, that are probably making the league minimum. Would you say the veterans minimum? Mm, well, they're not veterans except for uh, hey. Sean Livingston. Touche, touche. All right, next category that we have here on this delightful list. Um, all right, let's get right into it. You mentioned his name in passing before. Better coach, better head coach. 
right. gonna take this one real quick, if, sure. if you don't mind. I'm gonna start sure. this one off. I think a layup. Steve Kerr is gonna go down as one of the best coaches in NBA history, uh, if not the best when it's all said and done. Um, he gets no credit for what's going on, and it makes me absolutely angry. He never gets any love when it comes to the uh, the talks about best coach of all time. Look, yes, he has the most talented team, but how did he get the most talented team? He took it out of them, right? Don't forget when Mark Jackson was on the was was the the leader of that squad, the coach of that squad. Yeah, you know they did they did kind of well, but they played conventional. And then Steve Kerr opened up everything. He opened up people's eyes. Not only that, he manages these fucking egos, these big, giant fucking egos. He manages to manage Kevin Durant. Can you imagine what kind of work has to go into managing the moods of Kevin Durant? And yeah. that dude does it with the best of them. He uh, he allows these. He gets people to take pay cuts. He 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 convinced Andre Iguodala when he was still a starting caliber player in this league to come off of the, the bench. Like these are things that Steve Kerr is the best coach in the NBA right now. One of the best coaches of all time. And he doesn't get nearly as much love as he should. Steve Kerr is clearly yeah. the better coach here. I'll just quickly piggyback off Tim. Uh, it's Steve Kerr and this is a layup and that's no, no knock on Nick nurse. He's done a great job this year, but like Tim said, Kerr's going to be going to go down to the history books as an all-timer. Look, 10 of the Warriors' 16 games this postseason have been within five points in the last five minutes. That's the most in the NBA playoffs. Um, and that's actually um, – that's almost double uh, what they had the post two, the post two, uh, the post two postseasons combined. So they're playing more close games this year than they have for the past couple of years, which is super impressive. Um, and what winning close games, Nick, you know, this winning close games is a reflection of a great coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that he's, you know, done a great job of kind of putting his players in the right places. Tim's right. They have all timers and you know, you can't take it away from him, but, um, he knows how to push these teams buttons. I guess that's kind of the moral of the story. Um, when you're winning close games and you're a really good team, give me Steve Kerr. Yeah, I can't pick Nick Nurse, even if I wanted to be contrarian and pivot off of what you two said. I mean, I agree with you on Steve Kerr, but I will say, I think two two interesting talking points. Sort of the same kind of coach in the sense that they come from the Spurs tree, right, Imp? They both were kind of like, I know Steve Kerr didn't coach with the Spurs, but like he comes from that organization. And then Nick Nurse, I believe, was an assistant with the with the Spurs uh, if you could just check that for me as as we could go on. But uh, also, like, yo, first year, they take their teams to the finals. Steve Kerr took his team to the finals the first year. And I do think you need to show some love to Nick Nurse. One last thing. The way no, he... No ties, to, no ties to the Spurs. Oh, no ties to the Spurs. Who does he have ties to? He was a... He, was a, he coached in the D-League since 2007, which is fire. Wow. Why, why do I think he had ties to the Spurs? Anyway. Budenholzer has ties to the Spurs. Budenholzer. Okay. So back to Nick Nurse, though, right? First year, they, they take over. They take their teams to the finals. And I think the way he managed Kawhi Leonard, it was funny because, you know, I'm watching the I'm watching the Eastern Conference Finals with my pops. And this is around game one. And uh, I'm watching it with my dad. And obviously, he's pro Giannis for many, many reasons. Obviously, being Greek, my dad is super hyped about that. But as we're watching, my dad looks at the records and he goes, oh, Toronto was two games behind them. I was like, yeah, you know, they rested Kawhi Leonard for like 25 games. I think he missed. He's like, he's like, oh, Toronto's going to win this series. If you're telling me that (laughs) he's like, yo, Toronto's going to win. If they won 58 games and Kawhi missed 25 of them. Now, I don't know what their record was without Kawhi. I know we we took we hyped up Siakam, who Siakam might be in that starting five that I mentioned before the the all NBA VM team. Yeah. yeah, man. You know, sometimes it's it, it, it's it's obvious sometimes when you see like, yo, Kawhi just didn't play for like 25 games. Yeah, that's a good point. That's All kind right. of just like breaking it down to the most simplest terms, yeah, right? Yeah. All right. Speaking of Kawhi Leonard, question, Tim, does Kawhi Leonard stay? A couple weeks ago, the answer would have been for sure, definitely no. But it's it's interesting because Kawhi Leonard over and over again, and we've been seeing a lot of Kawhi. And Kawhi's been getting a lot of attention. You can tell he's not comfortable with it, but you're you're starting to hear him answer questions. And one of the things he keeps saying is it's it's about it's not about him putting up points. You you heard him say that 
Uh, the regular season is just a warm-up for him. It's the playoffs where it starts. Mm-hmm. All he cares about is being on a good team and winning championships. Toronto is a place where he can go down as the best ever. He could literally dominate an entire country. Uh, they're ready to, to, to legit like retire his number right now. Build a statue. And, yeah, or build a statue. You know what I mean? And, and look... It's hard to let that go. All these people are like, we, you can, you can eat here free for life, and like the fans love him. Drake, you know, that's Toronto's like the coolest place to be right now, uh, in terms of like that whole scene. And it's just like, maybe he stays, but you can never know. You never know with Kawhi Leonard because also if he goes to the Clippers, all of a sudden the Clippers have that opportunity. If he goes to the Knicks, all of a sudden the Knicks have that opportunity. So. It's going to be interesting to see how Kawhi Leonard handles this 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 uh, offseason, especially to see, is he going to sign early? Is he going to let the market set? Is he going to let Kevin Durant make his choice first? Is he going to, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. But if, yeah. I'm a, if, I'm a, if I'm a Toronto fan right now, I'm kind of pissed that this seems to be like a, to- a talking point on almost every uh, talking station. And w- w- it, you know, well, it's, it's a talking point for us, too, because it's interesting shit. So... But it's interesting to be a Toronto Raptors fan because I remember being a Mets fan and everyone's like, is Daniel Murphy going to come back next year? Is Daniel Murphy going to come back next year? Like, let's just watch the fucking World Series and let's not worry about it for a second. It's it's also, I think it's such a unique circumstance where, you know, you, you got to remember you give up DeMar DeRozan like we ta- touched on before and you kind of go all in on this guy who you have no idea what he's going to do, right? It's really a rental. But he took you to a place where you've never been before. Now, since 1980, that's as far back as I went because uh, then I took a nap because your boy was tired today. But uh, since 1980, no one has ever won a finals and left of his magnitude. Like, sure, there's been like, you know, you're your like Gary Neals from the Spurs or, or Jonathan Simmons. But we're talking about like an impactful like NBA finals MVP kind of guy get up and leave i think it's gonna be hard for him man but then again flip side him can't he just be like yo i got you guys a championship there's not much more i could do i literally got y'all a ring but like, got you I, two there i got no but i'm saying like if he was to win one yeah okay <sighs> i got you a ring dog there's not i can never i can never climax like this again this is the biggest load i'll ever shoot what else can i do for you kind yeah of that's fair nah. i think like, if he wins what? a ring he's gonna stay Kawhi marches to the beat of his own drum, man. He's one of those guys in the NBA where you have no idea what's going to happen. I wrote maybe with a question mark. I know it's a cop-out, but it's the truth. One of my buddies, Mike Valeri, um, he's originally from Toronto, uh, and he moved to New York. Uh, and he's kind of my, uh, you know, he's my kind of boots on the ground when it comes to all things Raptors. And, you know, if you know, I, I kind of asked him over the course of the year. And, you know, early on, he's like, oh, yeah, he's probably going to leave. He's probably going to leave. Uh, and then, you know, as of a few weeks ago, he was just like, yo, honestly, if it's 50-50, it's a coin flip right now. Win or lose, I still don't know what the guy's going to do just because he's so unique. He's such an interesting personality in the sense of he doesn't really have a personality. Uh, and so you don't really know what kind of pushes his buttons and you don't know what works for him and what doesn't and you don't know what, what he enjoys. And it's just this guy is just too hard to crack. He's like a vault. Um, my answer is maybe. I know it's a cop-out. I don't know if he's going to leave or not. To, you know, like the most appropriate answer is maybe. Though I'm not happy that you said maybe. I want to pen the paper. Um, no, nah, you know, look, I I do think that I liked what um, you Jerry said. If you guys nice. noticed, he was like, you know, we got the best player in the world on our team. He kind of was like hyping up Kawhi. And he's like, yeah, I'd make that trade again. Like obviously, like there's no way you can hate on that trade regardless of what happens and i do think though like look it's gonna be hard to get a guy like Kawhi leonard he, he's in the discussion now of being one of the best players probably the best player in the nba a lot of people are saying right now it'll be hard to replace him but i i trust that front office over there to to make moves so i'm gonna say that he stays i I'll think i think look they already painted a mural for him with the shot right the Ooh, the, the app- yeah, the atmosphere is crazy. They're 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 hyping him up. He got to the finals. Like, yo, you can have the the Clipper fan base behind you. Hell, you can have the Nick fan base behind you. And we know how how passionate the Nick fan base is. But when you have an entire country behind you, dog, I think that's that's a little different. We'll see. It's a perfectly sized city because Toronto is a, is, a, is a big city, but at the same time, it's not. 
you know, it's not like in New York or in L.A. Yeah, where- it's not in the States, though. That's the thing, yeah. you know. Like, the, the ratings for the NBA Finals are going to be down, but you got to factor in the 25-plus million people that are going to be watching in Canada, too. But you think 25-plus million? I don't know. How big is Canada? Am I reaching? I think so. Yeah. I think I think more like 4 million, which is OD. Yeah. No way it's 4 million, bro. I mean, no, not like people in Canada. I mean, like people watching. Oh, 37 million currently as of 2018. Live in Canada. Live in Canada, yeah. So 37 million live in Canada. I don't think 25 million are going to be watching the NBA Finals. That's a lot. Bro, when Iceland went to the Euro Cup, like the whole country was watching that shit. Yeah, but not everyone has a TV, too. Like, it'll be 4 million TVs. It's lit, though, dog. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of staying or going, Kevin Durant, does he stay? Hell no. Dude, the Warriors are 6-0 and without him. Can you imagine if they win the first two games of the finals without him? I'm not ready for this shitstorm. Kevin Durant, his bags are already packed. He's leaving. No one, I don't know where he's going. I can't see him stay, though. I, I think that if you're, if you're Kevin Durant, let's see the scenarios. Either you are... Either they win two games in, like, dominant fashion or whatever, and they prove that you, they don't need you, or they're losing without you and you come back... And you make up for it. I think that um, I think scenario one is the most likely in this scenario. Yo, I read this on Twitter, man. What if he goes to OKC somehow? <laughs> There's no way. There's and no then way. he and then it's a big three of Paul George, KD, and Russell Westbrook. Shit, that'd be fire. But that would be fire. Obviously, it's super unlikely. I just thought that was an interesting. I'm sure Russell Westbrook would still shoot them out of a series. I was just for mad random. I was watching the ES the the ESPYS, and when when Peyton Manning like made it mad awkward between them, he's oh, like, oh yeah yeah yeah. He's he, what did he say about Kevin Durant? He's like some little league team won twelve straight championships, and then he's like Durant wants to play for them next season. Oh. And he goes, what do you think about that, Russell Westbrook? And neither of them even cracked. Like it, both uh, of them were not smile. with it. Yeah. That's not going down. That's for sure. No way. Speaking of the Thunder, today is the three-year anniversary of the 11 threes that Clay hit to the day. Was that game five? Game six. The biggest what if. The biggest what if. I'll, I'll die on that hill, Imp. That's the biggest what if. All right. Uh, I agree with you guys. He's not He's not staying. I don't think he's staying uh, with, with the Warriors. All right. Now we're going to get into the, the the meaty part. You know, we had, we had some fun with this stuff. What's Tim, what's going to be the biggest X factor of this series? I think the the biggest X factor is offensive rebounding on the part of the uh, Golden State Warriors. Because look, and and on the part of the Toronto Raptors, because the only chance that the Raptors have to even sniffing wins against the Warriors is they have to stop them in transition. And so far, they've been really good at stopping teams in transition. They've stopped uh, the Sixers in transition. They've stopped the the um, what do you, the um, the Bucks in transition, right? So they have to do that again. And the way you do that is you have to not allow them to get rebounds and just go, right? You need to be able to control that paint. Um, they figured out how to do that against the Bucks, and they figured out how to do that against the Sixers, but it took them a couple games both times, right? If they lost two games to the Bucks before they won games, and then they figured out how to stop them. They're not going to have that cushion with the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. They're not going to have two games to figure out what's up. So they're going to have to come in and do that right away. And I just don't, I personally, I don't see that happening. But if the Raptors are going to have any chance here, they're going to have to hit the offensive boards with fury, and they're going to have to hit the defensive boards with fury because they cannot allow second chance points and they cannot allow fast break points. They cannot allow us, uh, Draymond Green, uh, a Draymond Green rebound, long outlet to Steph, Steph going to the lane, kick out to Clay, three. Like, they can't allow a Clay rebound, long outlet to, to Steph, pops it from 35. Like, they can't allow these things to happen, which, and they're going to happen. It's just they got to limit it. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's you know what you're going to get out of Kawhi. Um, it's what are you going to get out of the. Uh, surrounding kind of support players. What are you going to get out of Danny Green? You need something. He's not even in the game down the stretch. It's Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry. You need a lot out of Danny Green this series. You need a lot out of Serge Ibaka this series. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been shooting that well on catch and shoots. Um, 
he's kind of reinvented his game ever since he's left the OKC, which is awesome. Um, but he kind of needs to kind of you know show what he can do now. He needs to shoot better in the catch and shoot situation. Um, like I said, you need guys like Danny Green to step up. You need guys like Marcus Ole to continue what he's doing. Um, Marcus Ole is like shooting a whole bunch of three pointers now, which is super interesting. You need Serge Ibaka to kind of step it up, and then you need Kyle Lowry to be. Um, all-star caliber Kyle Lowry because if he's anything short of that Toronto literally has no shot so it's it's not where are you going to get out of you know Kawhi because you know that it's the surrounding pieces what are we going to get out of those guys yeah yeah definitely you need you you know Siakam Siakam a consistent Siakam I think see, I think you already know what you're going to get out of Siakam. I'm not I'm not worried about Siakam at all it's 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 three through three through seven it's Mm. I'm not worried about Kawhi. I'm not worried about Siakam. I'm worried about Kyle Lowry, Marcus Ole, Danny Green, Fred Van Vliet, um, and Serge Ibaka. Those five. That is that that five is what I'm worried about. You know what's crazy, man? They easily could have got swept in that last round. Like, yo, game three went to overtime, and the Bucks had a chance at the rim to end the game, and then Giannis fouled out. Like, it's oh, wow. crazy how. Like one one possession really changed that whole series. Yeah. For me, the biggest X factor, and, and I'm gonna get a little graphic because you know how I do. Uh you know, sometimes the tip the tip <laughs> always hurts at first, right, Tim? And what I mean by that is well, the golden well, I know. the golden the golden <laughs> state warriors, no team in all my years of watching basketball goes on these 12-0, runs in two, three-minute stretches. That's just a tip because you know what the full rod is when they're clicking on all cylinders. And for the Raptors, when especially when they're on the road in Oracle and they're up 16-17, right? The Blazers were up 17-plus points in game two, three, and four, and they blew those leads. The Warriors are going to go on those runs where they go on 14-0 runs in a minute 45. It's like, yo, look, just weather the storm. It's just a tip, all right? They're going to pull out eventually. It's not it's, it's not sustainable. Just pull out, relax, don't lose your composure. And I think a guy like the veteran presence, like we talked about, the experience, Danny Greens, that's what, that's what I think you need more from Danny Green. Like, you can't be a veteran presence on the bench. Like, my bad, dog. You still got to ball out and play. Because right. it might be some shit like, yo, man, you're not even getting burned. Don't talk to me kind of thing. You can see that being the, the issue. But guys like Serge, guys like Kawhi, guys like Danny Green, you need to be able to not just put up, you know, walk the walk, but, you know, walk the he, talk, as they say. Danny Green's shooting 75% of his shots from three-point range, and he's just not hitting them. Um, I think he ranks 42nd at, uh, among 49 players with at least 100 field goal attempts. Uh he, he, you need more out of guys like Danny Green. You know what he brings you on the defensive side of the ball. You, Nick, you mentioned the, the leadership, and, and he's a guy that's been there. At the end of the day, if you're not hitting your shots, if you're not shooting well, you're useless to me. And and Danny Green really needs to kind of have a great series for them to have a chance to. Thanks. All right. The Toronto Raptors will win this series. Tim, if what happens? If their defense that is ranked number one in the playoffs uh, three points better than the number one team in the regular season. So they've really stepped their game up. Can hold the Golden State Warriors under 105, let's say 105 points. Yeah, that's the, that's the number you threw out before. Yeah. Um, Impy? The Warriors will win if. No, the Raptors. The Raptors. Oh, sorry, the Raptors. The Raptors will win if the tempo of the series is slowed down. Uh, and this series is played in the half court. You can't let Golden State run all over you and go on these massive runs that they do so well. Um, Toronto has played in two of the three slowest-paced games of the postseason already. Mm-hmm. Um, game six against Milwaukee was the slowest. Each team averaged 87 possessions, or uh, eight, there were 87 possessions per team. Um, and the way to do that is limit the turnovers. So you know, limit the turnovers, play a slow game. You can't beat the Warriors at what they do. Because they're they're an all time great at what they do. You have to you can't beat them at their own game. You have to beat them at what you do best, and that's in the half court. Um, so limit the turnovers and and play really good defense, like Tim said, and and beat them in the half court. All right, I hate to be a dick, but you guys took too long on that because the answer is really simple. 
The Toronto Raptors will win this series if Kevin Durant don't play. I just think they can still win the series even if Kevin Durant doesn't play. Ah, uh, no. If Durant plays, it's 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 a wrap. I think if Durant plays, it's a wrap. Because with Kawhi, you could easily put not easily, but I would prefer. You know, Tim, you mentioned about him being on Draymond. I I, I prefer when Draymond shoots. I would rather throw. Uh, I'd rather throw Kawhi on like Clay or Curry and just live with the other guy that he's not guarding. He's gonna run wild. Curry's gonna drop forty if he's not guarding him. But whatever, we'll live with that. Just don't let Clay do anything else and let Draymond, you know, with his twenty eight percentage, twenty eight three point percentage, like let him win that. So uh, for me, the the only way I see the Raptors winning, and look, I, I would love for them to win. The only way the Raptors win this series is if Kevin Durant don't come back and that that's really it. That's the only way I see it. Yeah. Impy, right. The Warriors? Golden State Warriors will win this series if they don't go cold. Look, I think Golden State's going to win this series in five or six. If it's you know if Kevin Durant doesn't play, maybe they win in six. Maybe they win in five if he plays a game or two. But at the end of the day, as long as they don't go cold, they'll win. If they go like if they have like three straight games where where the Splash Brothers shoot bad. Then they're in trouble. However, they're all-time greats, so I don't mm. think that's likely. Um, that's literally the only way I can see Golden State losing is if they, you know, if they go cold. Tim, how about you? How does how does Golden State Golden State wins this series if Golden State wins this series if everything goes according to plan? Um, they're not going to get cold because they never do. Uh, the Toronto Raptors are not going to figure out how to stop them because no one ever has. I mean, uh, just to kind of push back for a second, Clay Thompson did not shoot well earlier in the season. Um, so that's the, so that's the best part about about the yes, I, I get the that Warriors, point. you know, because if one guy goes cold, they're not all going to go cold in the same day. They're just too good. Yeah. And if you and if you are, you're not going to catch them doing that four times. So like, I, I think that Golden State wins this series if everything goes according to plan. If yeah, that's that's it. Like they're the heavy favorites. I think they sweep the series. I can't. I the the only way that Toronto wins this series besides that is also if Kawhi becomes LeBron James plus some. And I just look, LeBron James might be. I mean, he might be playing like a goat right now. It's Kawhi, but he's not the goat. LeBron James is the goat, and it took the goat to have the greatest three games of his life to to have Mark someone Ofta. beat yeah. this core. I'm just don't I I I'm not betting on something that's never happened before. Yeah, we'll yeah, see. That's a good point. Yeah, Look for me, the Warriors, the Warriors win this series if um, I mean if the if the bench dominates the Raptors, you know, just to be a little different, like that bench, I think is a big talking point. You know, we 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 didn't get the best six man, but I think we'd all agree that it'd be Van Vliet, right? If you yeah. had an option of all the guys off the bench, or you could just pick one, I think Van Vliet would be the unanimous. Yeah. Uh, so I I think the bench for the Warriors, if they dominate the the Raptors bench, I think it's a wrap for for Toronto. And, and for me, it's like it's not even about dominating. It's just like don't you know don't put your team in a position where you're you, where the other team goes on a run. If you can just yeah. weather the storm, because like I said, these guys are, are are really young, and and all you have to do is just provide value. If you can if you can get me valuable minutes where. You know, you don't let Toronto go on an eight-two run, or you don't. You know, just kind of hold the fort down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, just, just, just give me some valuable minutes. That's all I really. That's all you really ask for from the Warriors bench, because once the starters are in, it's game time. We all know that. All right, so let's. Impy, uh, you kind of gave your prediction in in passing, but official prediction for the NBA Finals? Um, uh, official prediction: Golden State in six. Tim. I think Golden State in five, but I'm going to say Golden State sweep because fuck it. Golden State sweep. Golden State sweep. According to Vegas, the most likely outcome is a six-game series. Come on, man. I didn't even know that. (laughs) Come on, young strokes. Um, (laughs) All right. For me. (sighs) Nick's going to go Toronto in seven because he loves to do that. (laughs) Man, if he knows me super well. Uh, Look, I'm going to go. If he, if he said it for me. You know what I'm saying? Toronto is seven, baby. Oh, six is going to be rocking. The six and Cabana seven. boys. Drake <laughs> massaging for everybody. I mean, yo, Drake can release an all-time album if they win the finals, though. 
Yeah. Facts. Yeah, Raptors in seven. Why not, man? There's never been there's never been a team to go to five straight finals, fellas. This is an all timer too for the the Golden State Warriors. So uh, I would love to see maybe Toronto up two zero, and then like go back to Oracle. Put some pressure. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, you said that about Portland. I'd love to see Portland up two (laughs) zero. No, I said I wanted to see Portland up two one. Oh, two, yeah, two, one. They got swept. Yeah, but they were up. Yo, they were up seventeen in game two, three, and four. No, no, no. But you're then right. they couldn't. At, they couldn't handle the tip. At this point, uh, it may be best to not be down. Uh, at this point, it may not be best for you to uh, have to a big a lead big, on the Warriors because then they just get into focus mode. Steve Kerr probably calls timeout, and Draymond's like, "All right, it's turn up time." And that's, that's what happens. That's what's going on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to put a poll up tomorrow, uh, tomorrow being Wednesday evening. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, what is Who do you guys got in the finals? I'm going with Toronto in seven. Why not? That'd be fun. Yeah, uh, why not? No Durant. You know, <laughs> that would be do. fun. That would be fun. Uh, all right, Tim, where can they find you if they want to contact you, brother, brother? At Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Again, that's at Tim Patrop. Um, BrotoFantasy.com for all of your fantasy football needs, even in the offseason. We got guests out the wazoo. Imp? Oh. Uh, I-M-P-Y-718. You already know on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at The Lamp Show, Twitter, Instagram, and on Twitch. Most importantly, at Veterans Minimum on all social media handles. And if you didn't catch it before, patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum to support the show. Any little bit helps, and it's going towards a good cause. Uh, like maybe wagering on the Raptors in seven? <laughs> Later, everyone. Enjoy the finals. We'll catch you next week. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.